0: Hello and welcome to Talking Dad UK, the podcast where we discuss all things dad. You can follow the podcast at TalkingDadUK1 on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. TalkingDadUK on YouTube. TalkingDadUK at gmail.com. If you want to contact the podcast, interested in becoming a guest, got any stories to share with us or some feedback, you can support the podcast at TalkingDadUK at kofi.com where you'll see some short blog posts that are only available on the Kofi fi page. Um, you can support the podcast, some small donations, one-off donations. will all be much appreciated in helping improve the podcast in the future. All the links will be in the show notes. I hope you enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, you just oh, have to uh, there. Yeah, do as they tell you and try and retain as much information as you can but it just uh (laughs) yeah felt like hours but it was probably only but the actual the actual gory bits were probably only uh 15 20 minutes long but yeah but that can
1: elongate uh, the longest 15 minutes of your life definitely, (laughs) definitely
0: to this point yeah
1: oh man yeah but i, I just want yeah it was absolutely excellent and i really really enjoy your, your show as well i've been um i had COVID a few weeks ago and so i was work well, i was off work for a bit and then i was working from home i'm fine everything now and i'm self-isolating and stuff but there's just this period of time where all these podcasts were building up and i got like a subscription to audible as well so i was just like there's so many podcasts i want to listen to and i've listened to a couple of yours i think yeah. it was the rob one and i think it was one of your first ones um, as well but I was like, i've got more in the queue but it's just like there's so many podcasts and why i'm not driving as much because i'm working from home a few days a week as well it's like what more time in the day i just want not have to do work and i could just wander about the neighborhood listening to podcasts all day
0: know it's hard to keep up isn't it when you start getting in with everybody and, and mm. you, you know like on the good pods app and stuff mm. i used to listen to podcasts quite a lot i thought but now I've been opened up to so many new ones and I get chatting to people and then I think, oh, I'll go and check their podcast out because they said hello or followed me on Twitter, so I better check the podcast out. And then you just got a massive list to get through, haven't you? And then, Yeah,
1: you blink and it's 70.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'd, I don't do as much driving now as I used to either. So with working from home, that that was like at the height of me listening there uh, Listening to podcasts was when I was traveling for two hours a day. Um mm. used to get through quite a lot then. That was good. But, oh, uh, yeah. Now I'm working from home and I'm, I move jobs closer to home as well. So, mm. yeah. So in my, in my spare time, I've put it on in the background a little bit sometimes. Depends what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I do it when... um if I'm, if I'm doing like The Dishes or something, which is the vein yeah. of my life. But whenever I'm doing that, I chuck on a podcast or something like that. And then on the way to and from work, but I'm also like really, really into music. So it's like in all kinds of varieties. I like pop music, like sear, but I like, like death metal. I love yeah. Slipknot, but I love rap music. So it's just like every week there's at least one new album coming out. And so it's yeah. like, okay, I've got a new album to listen to every week that some of my friends are talking about. While I've also got all these podcasts and then I have, you know, a different guest on my show every, you know, week or two so i try and make sure i listen to a couple of their podcasts as well before they come on the show and then i've also got audio books i want to listen to as well so it's as you say and then i've got mates that i've had for ages who've got podcasts so i've been doing it for three no four years I mean, i've i been with my girlfriend for three years so it's been four years <laughs> i should yeah. remember that uh yeah. so exactly as you say you know you connect with these people and you, whether or not they have like an amazing show or not, you connect with these people and you go oh, i want to support them and listen to it And then, even if half the ones you listen to are worth listening to again, it just stacks up and up and up. And when you have a show like yours, uh, where it is interview style, where you do speak to a different person, a lot of um,
2: there's
1: a lot of episodes where you speak to a different person. It's just like (laughs) you just you like a year of podcasting goes by, and then you go. Oh, look at my podcast app. Okay, look, every day there's like five new episodes. How long yeah. do I have to listen to? Four hours a week. It's like, yeah. I used to listen to Joe Rogan quite a lot, but one of his is basically my entire listening for the week. And it's like, it has to be a really good one to really yeah. rail all of the other podcasts that I listen to.
0: Three hours worth of Joe Rogan. It's uh, mm-hmm. not enough time anymore to fit him in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Especially because a lot of his new ones, I was one with Bert Kreischer, and it was, I think it was a. Uh, four and a bit it was i it's two parts actually so it's like four to five hours
0: it's yeah. a lot of fun to listen to but i was like this is <laughs> this is madness there's yeah. so much to hear <laughs> yeah i usually end up going back and watching them on YouTube mm. clips as a sort of late night stuff on the weekend or something like that i'll end up on on the old, old joe rogan ones but
2: mm.
0: i can't keep up i can't keep up with it i can't keep up with it it's too much but um yeah i listen to uh have a word podcast as well. A couple of comedians um, on a podcast from England. Oh, Um, who's on there? Um, Adam Rowe, a scouse comedian and Mm. Dan Nightingale. Right. Um, Okay. Um, not, you know, comedians off the telly so much, but they are becoming a lot more popular now. My brother, my brother-in-law got me onto, onto their podcast, but theirs is they'll do like an hour's worth of just them two. Telling jokes, taking the mick out of each other, just chatting about whatever's going on in the week. And then they'll have a guest on, which is like then mm. the other half, the other hour of the, of the oh. hour. But, but they're long episodes as well. But they're best sort of watching them via the YouTube mm. because, they, you know, they bounce off each other in this studio and it's, uh, it, it's interesting to watch them rather than just listen. But it's another one that's kind of taken over that I need to find a spare yeah. two hours a day for. <laughs> it's hard work.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. When you get the ones that do more than one a week as well, it's like, as we said earlier with Rogan, it was like, you know, three or four a week and they're three or four hours. It's like, that is just mad. And then when you get those ones where it's like, you know, two hours ago, and if they do more than one a week, that's even more. Cause I listened to, um, Scroobius Pip was probably the first podcaster that, that was the first podcast I ever listened to was his. Um, and he does, you know, one a week and they're usually about an hour-ish. So they're not too bad. But it's, it's one of those things where if you listen to a few other podcasts and then you go back to it and you're like, oh, I haven't listened to you for three months. And there's yeah. like eight podcasts in there that I'd really want to listen to. Yeah. So that does just build up as well. Or when you have guests, when you get into something new, like a new TV series or a new movie and you're like, oh, I, I know this actor now. I really like them. And then you find out they've been on like 20 podcasts. And it's like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've got to go and listen to all of them. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah it's, uh, that's the thing. But then ones where they have guests on that are famous or well known. Mm. they're easier to jump through and find the people that you want to listen to first. And then, yeah. You know, you come back to the others later, don't you? If you haven't exactly listened to that person's music or seen them in any TV shows or anything, then, it, mm-hmm. you know, come back to it another day. But the others that are like, oh, I really like their music. You're definitely going to listen to that, And but you can pick and choose a little bit. Um, but one of the things I wanted to try and do as part of my podcast was to have like I say, the interviews with different guests about different subjects each time mm. because then people can scroll through and have a look and think, oh, that subject's quite interesting, I'll give that one a go or, you know, maybe they're not in the, in the particular mood to listen to something a bit somber uh, conversation, so they'll go yeah. and listen to the other one where they're talking about the Whiskey channel outtakes or something, a bit easier listening, you know? Yeah, of um, course. But yeah, it, it it takes its own course. But even now, this this episode, I was going to tee us up and I was going to introduce you and say hello, and then we were going to jump straight into conversation. But we're already halfway through, <laughs> so what's the point? I'll do a little separate. I'll do a little separate bit before I edit it, and then. Uh, that'll tee us up
1: <laughs> yeah apologies for that I do have that tendency with people I'm um, a bit, bit of a chatterbox in some ways it's one of the reasons that people got well, one of the reasons I started podcasting is because my yeah. mates were basically saying I talk too much yeah. asking all these crazy questions on like a Friday night where we hang out you know and um, have a drink and play some board games and I'd ask them like quite I wouldn't cast them necessarily as deep questions, but just really, you know, certain ones are about, you know, some about politics and things, but others about morality and all these other things. And sometimes they're like, I do not want to talk to you for two hours about this like deep subject. I want to just chill out on a Friday night and play some board games. Yeah. And then eventually it kind of evolved into maybe maybe mike should start a podcast and he can stop bothering us with all this yeah, yeah. <laughs> get a break from him nattering all the time like no one who's really close to me as in who i didn't meet through podcasting apart from megan normally if she goes away for a bit no one i know is really close to me listens to my podcast apart from like the odd one yeah. when there's someone notable they know because they're just like mike you talk so much in person
0: we do not need to leave your presence and hear you even more <laughs> get, get enough of you well I'm a, I'm a little bit the opposite because i'd don't generally talk that much uh, mm. unless I'm out with the, the lads and I've had a couple of beers and I might get a chatting. But um, yeah. just generally in social situations, like I feel like I have to kind of talk a lot at work. So then when mm. I'm not at work, I'm quite easy not talking to people. <laughs> so then when I told people I was going to start a podcast, they were like, well, Oh, what are you going to, what are you going to talk? What are you going to talk about? <laughs> Is it just going to be you? Well, no, I'm planning to get some guests, so I don't have to do all the talking. But uh, yeah, it's uh, now. Now I talk at work. I talk for the podcast, and I definitely don't want to talk to anyone else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now that's it. You just close. That's it. That's your talking yeah. hours for the day. Done.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I have found with podcasting though, it's it's made me a better listener because it's one thing when you you know it's one thing being able to talk someone's ear off, um, which I succeed at, um, but it's also you know being able to listen at the right times, and I found that with the first with the early podcasts i was doing um it was just people i knew and stuff you know friends um so it was because of the how comfortable i was with them and stuff and a lot of my friends are quite introverted as well so i'd I'd ask them before i start the podcast i was like how much percentage wise do i talk compared to you when we have a conversation and they're normally like 70 30 you and i'm like really i'm I'm so sorry No, no we we like it that way i don't want to Mm -hmm. do all the talking we like the fact that you talk so much um although sometimes it can be a bit much but generally that's how we like it so when i was doing podcasts i'd be talking so much and they wouldn't be talking as much because that's just how the natural dynamic was Mm -hmm. and i'd find myself editing and i'd be like oh man i wish i'd shut up now like i've just been listening to myself talk for eight minutes straight with someone else and so over time i've kind of i like to think i've learned to be able to take a break a bit more yeah. but then it's kind of when you guest on other people's shows it's kind of the opposite because a lot of the time yeah. if i go on someone else's show they're like mike the floor is yours talk as much you want and after talking for like six minutes or something i'm like am i can, should yeah. i stop should i keep
0: going <laughs> I need, need to switch from host to guest mode mm. and uh yeah i uh definitely when you're editing listening to yourself talk a lot is difficult, isn't it? Especially on the oh, early ones. <laughs> but, it's rough. But I don't mind listening back to other people's conversation when I've had guests on. They're quite, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because sometimes it might be a week or two before I come round to get round to editing mm. and, you know, just refresh myself with the conversation. I don't mind listening to them, but I don't want to listen to myself over and over again.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. And then and you pick up on all those little bits that you don't like
0: doing. All the all the little words you say are the ums, ahs, and yeah, your mannerisms, you like, how oh, do I really do that that often?
1: <laughs> yeah, the magnification of your mannerisms, that is, yeah, ums are one thing which I've had to like I've got the two podcasts I've obviously got I've got genuine chit chat where you know I have different on relatively every episode and that's not too bad with them because usually when I'm about to ask a question or something like that I kind of know what I'm going to say but with my Star Wars podcast which is just me talking about Star Wars comics the amount of time I have to just spend editing out my nonsense or I say something and yeah. it, you can't hit anything I've just said it's just yeah. incomprehensible nonsense so I have to like re-record okay highlight that bit save it for later then at the end of the editing i have to re-record myself i have to if it's in amongst a, like a paragraph of me talking about something i have to listen to how i'm talking and talk in the same tone and speed that i was so it doesn't sound
0: weird yeah and it's just like oh, i'm sick of hearing myself now that's <laughs> hard work isn't it yeah so yeah where does your where did where did your podcast start you said a little bit about being a talker in your friends group and they said you should do it but when did you actually decide to start
1: well, so it was, I think, September 20, what are we in now? 2021. I think it was September 2017 was when my first podcast launched. It was several months before that I, I recorded a bunch of them. But in my, in my youth, God, I sound like such an old man. I'm not even 30 yet. This is madness. Um, when when I was in college, um, I I did like media studies, uh, accounting for one year, which is awful, business studies, and... Um, psychology and I was the best at media even though it was the it was the only one I chose to do for like, I was like okay I have three series ones that will help my career and then I have one that's for me and I didn't do great in the other ones and I did really well at media so <laughs> huzzah um but I was doing that for a bit and in amidst doing that I I ended I don't know why I did this but me and my friend uh, Reese he's been on he was on the first episode of Genuine Chit Chat the hundredth episode a few other random ones and he's one of my best friends mates since I was yeah, like 11 or something. So me and him did like a YouTube show for a while. Um, and it was like, we would talk about the news a little bit. We'd have like sketches in there. Uh, it, it became very, very self-referencing and meta. Like for th- yeah. two episodes, we had the technology segment and then we binned it. But then for like 10 episodes, we had a segment called the not technology segment. And it was just a sketch of us uh, like having a mate of ours who had glasses on and a hat on holding the old sign we used for a technology segment and like running away from being killed and things. And we had all these intricate sketches of him like being killed in the woods or with like a hammer, all kinds of silliness of just for so long, even though the technology segment was only for the first couple of episodes. And we did that for like, I want to say six months to a year or so, but I was doing all of the editing for that and stuff. You know, I volunteered and I had the computer to be able to do it and whatnot. So we'd record it together and have a lot of fun and then I'd have to edit it all. And after a while, it just kind of ran out of steam, in a sense. You know, we were in college, so once we got to sort of second year of college, and we were with our girlfriends, and it was a bit more serious in that regard. And then, you know, we're starting to go out drinking more. You know, we're going to parties and stuff because you can't go drinking till you're eighteen. But you know, those sorts of things. And so it just kind of slowly fizzled and died in a way. Um, and then f- I kind of still wanted to do stuff for a while, and I started doing music videos for bands. Um, so there's a couple of local bands I did stuff for. I made like one for a band I really liked called 6am, which is the, the bassist of Motley crew, Nikki six, his band, um, 6am. I also had the guitarist who was in guns and roses, DJ Ashborough as well. So I made a a video of a song of theirs on their first album called courtesy call that didn't have a video. So I just, I wrote out one. I, I, I wrote out, um, I wrote out about four or five videos to bands I really liked. And I had plans to just make them. Um, but, It was so much effort and cost. You know, I had to rent like a practice room to do certain musical bits and this sort of thing. And it just became the amount of work I have to put in for such a tiny amount that I'd get gratification-wise. Not from anyone else, but like, if I spent 10, 20 hours editing a band's music video, they would get the credit for which I'm not, you know, I don't want my name plastered in lights or anything, but it it takes, it took away from a little bit when I was doing obviously for free, just for mates and things, where it was just like people were complimenting their music video that I spent all the time doing and that it it was just so much effort putting into it. So I took a little step back from that for a while. And then I didn't, I didn't really do a lot for a a couple, like a year or two, maybe a couple of years. Like I did one music video after a little while of not doing it for someone else as well. And it was fun like if i if i won the lottery i'd love to make music videos for bands because i'd just be able to like i've got so many cool ideas but they cost money to do and it's it's not worth it i'm not good enough to warrant charging anyone for it and it's yeah. just now my laptop's nowhere near strong enough to deal with video i can barely explore a youtube video now for when i just pop a zoom video on youtube if i edit a small amount of it yeah um but i had that for a while and then i i thought in my early 20s that i was smart and experienced enough to write a book um, so I thought, I'm going to write the guide to life because, you know, who knows more about life than a 21-year-old millennial white guy? And, yeah. you know, obviously that never went anywhere. I wrote a few pages of like bits and pieces, but I kind of, I ended up just, it was more so just writing stuff I thought about. And then I thought, in amidst doing that, because I used to write journals and stuff. I had like a, ju- a dream journal because I used to have nightmares when I was a kid. And then I wrote them all down and they just disappeared. Then I wrote a journal for a while when my dad was ill, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, and then I... Just uh, putting thoughts, I was like, oh, here's some ideas about money. So I just wrote like several paragraphs about money and then other things about love, brotherhood, and friendship, and all kinds of other random bits and pieces. And I I made a few pages of it, but I kind of lost steam a little bit. And then, yeah, I was listening. My mate, my mate Reese, he showed me Scroobius Pip, the rapper. Um, He's got a song with. Dan Lassac called Stunner, which is amazing. And I got really into his music. And then I was also at the same time getting into Russell Brand's YouTube show, which was The Trues. And around that time, uh, Russell Brand went on Scroobius Pip's podcast. He was his first ever guest. So I was like, oh man, wow. So this musician I really like and this, well, Russell Brand's a comedian, gone, I don't know, social commentator or something. Yeah. Both of them have done a collaboration to this thing called a podcast. I don't know what it was. So I found it and I had a, iPhone at the time. So the Apple Podcasts app just, I think at that time it didn't automatically download. So I had to find it, but obviously it was a free app of things. So I went on there and started listening to it. And I was like, this is really cool, people talking. And then because Scooby's people always spoke about Joe Rogan and his appearance on Joe Rogan, I listened to that. And I listened to podcasts for about a year or two. And then I was talking to friends of mine about just, I kind of wanted to do something and I couldn't think of what I wanted to do. And I was kind of thinking about a podcast, but I was like, I don't. I was like, I don't want to do a podcast where I just sat, sit and prattle on for hours because I was like, I'm not famous enough for anyone to actually listen to that. You know, it's that kind of saying of podcasting where the only way to get famous or to make money properly of podcasting is to either already be famous or to be a one in a million niche idea and get on the bandwagon like really early, you know, I like to think doing it for maybe 10 years or something might have some results. I do make a very small amount of money on Patreon now, um, but nothing to be able to live on. Uh, but it was just that thing where, yeah, I spoke to my friends and stuff about it, and then I thought, oh, well, if I spoke to people, because there was a lot of friends of mine who were suffering with uh, mental illness and stuff like that, but they were open to talking about those things. Um, and me and my mate, Reese, he was probably the only person who, whenever – I want to talk about all these crazy moral questions and stuff he would always rise to the challenge we'd always have these big conversations and we'd have like our six or seven friends next to us just not saying anything just waiting for us to stop um so i, I basically just put the feelers out for lots of people uh friends or family and stuff and said you know well if i started a podcast would you fancy coming over mine you know one afternoon just chatting for an hour or two and we'll just put it on the internet and uh, so many people said yes and then one and i don't hold this against them I had a bit of a... I was a bit angry. Not not quite angry. I was a bit miffed about it. but Because when I actually started the podcast, and I did everything because, um you know, it took a bit of time to research and, you know, register yourself for all these other things. Like now you can normally just go on Anchor and it does it all for you. But a few years ago, before Anchor was a thing, you had to do everything manually. And I do all my own graphic design stuff. So, because I used to work at a place to do graphic design. So I had all that sort of things, kind of building up and thinking and things. And yeah, about two-thirds of the people that I asked if they would come on who are really up for it then just ducked out I was like yeah I don't want to do this anymore and I was like oh no okay so I think I did like 15 to 20 episodes and then I joined like a couple of podcasting groups on Facebook and that sort of thing and then I found other people who wanted to collaborate and then it just kind of spiraled and now now I've got a book of guests I want to have on my show in 2022 and it's already at like 20 and it's just like there's only 52 weeks in the year, and some of my shows are so long that I have to split them in two. Yeah. So it's like I'm always <laughs> there's so many guests I want to have on my show that I want to reach out to, but I just can't now. So I mean, it's a good thing to be annoyed about is having too many guests. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, but that very incredibly long-winded way—that's the longest I've spoken on someone else's podcast for ages. So thank <laughs> you for that, <laughs> but also sorry. <laughs> That—that's how I started. That's okay. I asked the question. (laughs) Just the one though. We're done for tonight. That's all we've got.
0: (laughs) See you later, Mike. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I've, I've found that when I started, we were still in a lockdown at the beginning of the year. Mm. Everybody was free to come on and have a chat at the weekend or a Thursday night. Whereas now everybody's a bit more busy and back to work and it's harder to pin people down or, Something crops up. Um, yeah, kids won't go to bed on time. Something silly like that, and it just throws the timings out. Or um, mm. well, one of the kids starts being ill. <laughs>
2: oh, and yeah, I have
0: course, to re- yeah, I have to say, well, can we reschedule? Because I'm just not going to be able to get any quiet space to, to record. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, some some of the episodes I've had lined up and all planned were just fallen by the wayside a little bit, and we, we, we're trying to rearrange, but it's difficult. It's difficult trying to get people to commit. Yeah. And, uh, it's hard for myself as well, just to plan it. Mm-hmm. I can, I can plan things and then like the day before, I'll be really into it and up for it. The day of, I'm a bit like, I don't know really what to do that today <laughs> that's, that's really not the way to go about it is it <laughs> I,
1: i'm the same genuinely i've had it a couple times where i'm like really stuck by having someone on my podcast and i will never admit to who the people are who i've had on my podcast that i feel this way about but like really stoked to have them i'm very excited and then sometimes it's just it's been a long day or a long week or something yeah, and yeah. you're just like i am so not in the mood to have to put my host face on like I, i'm You know, my show's genuine chit-chat, so I try and be as genuine as I can, and there's almost nothing I won't talk about openly on the show. But it's one of those things where if I'm hosting, I have to kind of somewhat manage the conversation, you know, with obviously with the power of editing, you can take out dead air, which is fine, but also it's trying to make sure that the guest is comfortable, especially if it's someone who, you know, normally when you talk to other podcasters, nine times out of ten it's fine because they know what to expect, they know what they're doing. But when you talk to people who aren't used to going on podcasts, who may have never done it before, it can be a little bit jarring in some ways. so you have to really manage the conversation and that can be quite tiring yeah and sometimes it's like i don't want to have to think while conversing in the same way you know sometimes i think that you turn on the mic and after five seconds you forget you were not up for it and it all goes swimmingly but other times you have it and it's like this person saying really interesting things i'm really happy to be able to put it out there but this is hard work
0: (laughs) (laughs) which does happen unfortunately sometimes yeah Uh, but yeah it's i've I've like I've, I've tried to mix and match, I've tried mm. to sit and plan an episode with the guest that's coming on. I'll, if, you know, if it's somebody else who's got a podcast or one of the dad bloggers I've spoken to, I'll take the time mm. to go and research the blog or I'll check them out on social media and all this kind of stuff. And I'll write out questions and all this and I'll have it in front of me. And so I, sometimes it's a bit uncomfortable, but I'm trying to stick to my script when I should just mm. be chatting. And mm. then I've tried the other ones where I haven't written anything down. Uh, and I've just jumped straight in and we've had a conversation. And, and they've, yeah. they've, they've both worked at certain times and it's been good, but I'm not sure yet which one's the best. Maybe a mix of the two is the better option. Um, but yeah. it's, uh, it's tough, isn't it? Because then when you, when you think, oh, th- this conversation now leads on to that question. But when you answer what I'm asking you and you take us in a different direction, I can't come back to that question. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. maybe we I just know. let it roll and we'll just go along with whatever comes out. <laughs> yeah, it does depend. Like certain guests
1: I've had on, um, I've had them as returning guests on that basis that, you know, I've got, and these are old, this is an older notebook. I've got one notebook, which, you know, it's just pages and pages and pages of just nonsense. And I've got f- four notebooks in total, but this one's like, almost completely out. I use this when I guest on someone's show, just in case I need to write something down that I want to remember. Um, And the other one is just like, whenever I have someone on, I always write notes and I always write about 10 questions at least. A lot of the time, a lot of the time I don't even go near them. Like with a lot of guests you have on, especially if they're an author or someone who is promoting something of theirs, usually they kind of, they guide the conversation a little bit more so you can kind of just bounce off them a little bit. But I have had times where if I didn't have the notes, it would have been a 15-minute conversation and I would have just bombed. Yeah. So I think that with me, with like a little A5 notepad, I generally write about half a page-ish of questions. And then some of them are about, you know, really specific things. But there's quite a few which are quite, like, if you talk to another podcaster, one kind of question you can either start with or you can save as a backup is, why did you start podcasting? You yeah. know, when did you get into it? And it's quite a good one because most people have got a different story of why they started the podcast, and also usually there's at least something they mention, like oh my my dad got me into podcasts, or yeah. you know my sister did, and you go oh do you know like when did you first listen to the podcast, as opposed to when did you start one? So it can, I I did find when I was early on podcasting, it was one of those things where the interview air quote style one wants to try and do. Like I've listened to a lot of podcasts where they do the specific model of, they ask a question, wait for the person to finish, and it doesn't matter what the other person says, they will ask the next question, whether it's related or not. And that's perfectly fine for certain people, but other individuals, it can be better to be a bit more fluid. So I think if there's any advice, it would be write a bunch of questions, and then don't be afraid to write things down while talking to someone. Cause I often do that. And just like, uh, it's normally in writing that no one else could ever read, yeah. but it, I just write, you know, the word, just a random word, like, you know, buttered toast because they mentioned it or something. And then I'm yeah. thinking, I need to ask them why they do toast in that way. Yeah. I've, I've never had a conversation with someone about toast. I don't know why I thought that. But...
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's tomorrow's breakfast problem. Oh man. Yeah. I do love a bit of
1: toast. <laughs> Who doesn't smel- love toast? Toast is the, great.
0: It's the smell. The smell gets oh. you and that's it. You to have a slice yeah i think sorry go ahead i was just gonna say you've got a podcast that's about genuine conversations with all manner of people Mm. i've got a podcast that's kind of specifically for dads or or at least men but parents as well i'll try and open it up to everyone and then we're talking about toast (laughs) it's my fault (laughs) That's what you get when you have me on the show. This is a warning to anyone else who's
1: listening. Is thinking, maybe I'll have Mike on the podcast. It's like, well, be prepared. I will say the unexpected in a lot of ways. I will say that with toast, I just want to clarify a nice tiger loaf, a nice thick bit of tiger loaf, that with some toast and some salted butter. That is just, oh, my ma- I've just had dinner, but my mouth is watering already. That,
0: that, that, is, a, that is a nice option. Yeah. It
2: is.
1: But it's- I would say with your podcast, oh, we're back two different directions again you can go ahead I'll, I'll,
0: i'll you go you go ahead with this question i'll remember mine no because i'm going to stick on the, the theme of toast and bread so i'll let you go because you were <laughs> going to talk about something about the podcast <laughs> i want to hear your toast and bread thing now though don't leave the <laughs> listeners hanging talk about toast and bread then i'll ask yep. my question don't worry i was just going to say that it's obviously that time of year when it started to turn a little bit colder and it goes dark a bit earlier and uh, you know a nice bit of crusty bread with any kind of meal, butters mm. is pretty much spot on at the moment. And uh, it's dangerous, isn't it? I have to stay away from that.
1: <laughs> it is, I mean my girlfriend's Italian. So there's two things in this world she loves much more than she loves me. And that is just bread and pasta. <laughs> it's just like almost any meal, it's just any excuse to have bread, pasta or cheese. It's any excuse. Yeah. Which yeah. is is dangerous, but it's amazing. And the thing I was going to ask you actually about um getting on the rails a little bit more is um with obviously where your show is the talking dad podcast what's good about it though is that you can have people on to talk who are dads or parents or whatever or have you know ideas about that sort of stuff and like you've had with quite a few of your um other guests we've about music for ages where you spoke yeah. about you know this or sorry i keep burping i'm drinking cream soda which <laughs> normally i drink water for a podcast but i really fancy some cream soda because <laughs> i'm an old man in the 1920s but um yeah the and what's good about that is because there's so many people who are parents in some way, and so many people have so many different ideas about those things. yeah you that can be like your jumping off points. So the first, yeah. however long of the conversation can be about parenthood, and dads, whatever, but then it can pivot and be about anything else. Like I said to you, um at the start of the recording, you I think it was episode sixteen, you with uh, Rob, where you spoke about um you know y- you guys delivering one of each of your you spoke about delivering your second child. He spoke about delivering his third. I was yeah. going to say about delivering each other's child then. And that made, made the
2: be whole thing sound very yeah. different. <laughs> yeah.
1: If you delivered his child, he delivered yours on completely random separate days. And neither of you were there. That's a very bizarre story. Um, but no. Yeah. And obviously from there, you guys spoke about other things, you know, it was still in the, the realm of parenting, but you spoke yeah. about sort of sex and pornography and internet and all that sort of stuff, which yeah. I found very interesting as well.
0: Yeah, So good jumping off point. Yeah, that's it. And it, You can kind of connect with people that you would never have met or, you know, if you use Rob as an example still, then he's a 42-year-old bloke from down south who, if we cross paths in a pub somewhere just by looking at each other, we might not have anything in common. Mm. But through the powers of social media and Instagram, where we first made a connection, the, the main I think the, one of the main things was talking about um, me delivering my son at the time I put a post on and made reference to it and he he was kind of he was following me from that point and jumped on and said well I've done that as well and it was like well that's a conversation we need to have at some point right? yeah and, and we would never get that kind of thing if it was just down to the olden days where you go down the local boozer and and bump into a couple of the local lads and you have a chat about work. It, (laughs) It just opens up a lot more, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Like I don't really think there's many scenarios where one just out of the blue brings up the fact they would, they deliver their own child, especially in a social situation loud enough someone else could hear it like you don't really go in the pub and you've got one group of lads over there talking about like oh yeah that time where we were delivering kids and you get someone at the bar go oh really you know what lads yeah. i had this time and everyone just sits down whereas as you say like social media it kind of somewhat puts a spotlight but because of the i always make make this comment about podcasting is so funny because i've had people on my show who are either bands that i really like or musical artists and a couple of authors i really enjoy mainly star wars creators because i'm super into star wars there's a like millennium falcon behind me um but the one of the things is if i just contacted an author of star wars i really like and said Look, i'm such a big fan can you just talk to me on skype for two hours they'd be like no yeah. i do not have time for that but if you go but if i record it and put it online and i've got you know x amount of listeners you may actually sell an extra book or two. They're like, I'll tell you what, let's do it. That's Not right, all the yeah. time. A lot of time people just completely ignore you, but one in however many <laughs> they come on and you have a great conversation. But it's it opens up the realm of like, you know, I love sitting down and just talking to people, uh, talking with them rather than at them, which is, <laughs> seems to be the case a little bit. Um, but uninterrupted, it doesn't really happen as much. Like even when I have mates over sometimes, it. sometimes we'll talk a lot, but other times it'll be like, oh, let's watch a movie. And then it's really as much as I enjoy that you're not really talking to them you're both just experiencing something together whereas with a podcast it's like there's there's not really anything else to do apart from look at each other lovingly over zoom (laughs) yeah it's it's such a cool medium like have you have you I assume you've quite enjoyed like as well although there's elements of it that are quite annoying like editing and reaching out for guests and people cancelling and stuff have you found it quite valuable to yourself
0: yeah I've um, I've really enjoyed it actually I mean like I said it wasn't something that. Naturally, people thought I would do, or even that mm. I thought I would do myself, you, you know. But as I've gone on, yeah, you know, I, I moan about editing just because oh, I yeah. so do I. <laughs> I generally can't find enough time to do it, but when I'm doing it, I thought I actually do enjoy it. I quite mm. like it. It's 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 that opportunity to to talk and to just have these these wild and wonderful conversations with people that would never happen otherwise. And yeah. You know, there's about half of my friendship group are in similar position where they're dads and we can talk, but we generally have a moan or we talk about the same thing. Mm. And then the other half haven't got kids yet. And so we generally talk about the same stuff whenever we meet, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Whereas we're specifically joining for the purpose of a podcast to talk about certain subjects or just the fact that we've got being a dad in common or that we've we've got a dad in common, mm. you know what I mean? So that then opens up that conversation for, for other people of, you know, not to be so grandiose or anything like that, but for people that aren't comfortable at talking mm. and that maybe don't have a big social network or or they, they might be the first bloke in their circle of friends that has settled down and started a family. And the rest of the lads are still out going on holidays or, you know, whatever good stuff it is they do nowadays because I'm not up to date. (laughs) (laughs) I just scowl at them and think, you lucky buggers. Um, (laughs) But but, um, yeah, so they they might be feeling a little bit isolated, but at the same time, do do you feel comfortable in saying that you feel isolated because you're supposed to be having a nice experience? This is part of life and it's a decision you've made with your partner or, Whatever to have children, it's supposed to be a nice thing. But you, mm. you know, how many people could turn around and say, well, actually, I've been really missing my mates, or, you know, I could really do with on a Friday night jumping on a Zoom or, or going out for a coffee after work or whatever it might be. Mm. Because you can get that isolation of, which is obviously then in the past two years been compounded by the fact we've been through lockdowns and things like that. So it was just giving that option for myself to chat to people as well as put it out there to other people that might not experience it or might not be as comfortable as I've been. And if you go back and listen to not so much the early episodes because there was talking to people I know, so it wasn't as bad. Hmm. But if you listen to that intro, that i that was the first recording I ever did with the mic that I bought that was a crappy thing off Amazon. And I didn't do that many takes because I didn't want it to be, so scripted and horrible even though it sounds mm. it because I wrote it down and read it because as soon as I pressed record I was falling over my words and I didn't know what I was going to say yeah but even since then I've got better and more at ease with it um and obviously it it, it has a knock-on effect at the rest of my life and talking in front of people and whatever that might be you know the dreaded going to kids birthday parties I'm speaking to the other parents that you don't know very well, <laughs> you've got to make small talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's talk about podcasts. I'm good at that now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you still do
1: meet a few people, though, that still don't even know what podcasts are. And I don't, yeah. you know, I'm nothing against those individuals, but those individuals probably aren't listening to this because they wouldn't understand what they're listening to. Yeah. But it is one of those things where it's just, you know, normally how podcasting comes up is normally because I've been doing it for quite a while now. Um, And it's quite a big part of my life because I've got, I have three, if you count my Patreon one. So I've got two, I do a week Um, and quite a considerable amount of my time now is spent podcasting, but it keeps me busy, which I quite like, like, you know, I love movies and TV series and music and Lego, which is all around me and stuff. And, you know, I, I love so many different things. I could easily sit there all day and just watch, you know, eight movies in a row. But I feel that especially before i started dating megan which was you know about three and a half ish years ago now when i was single especially it would be i'd have a lot of time to myself and it was before i did podcasting and stuff and i'd be like i can't wait for this weekend i can't wait to watch all this stuff and then after a couple of hours of it, i'm like "Eh, i don't i'm not as excited by doing this as i thought i was whereas now because i've got yeah, you know, i've got my nine to five job which isn't very thrilling i work in insurance so it's about as unthrilling as it can get but i like the job itself i like the people i work with and it's you know it's one of those jobs where it's nine to five as soon as it's five o'clock everyone just switches off and you don't have all the baggage of work following me around whereas megan she's a teacher so she has a lot of other stuff to think about when she's not at school but i find that it's a good level level of busyness like i feel like i'm I feel like I'm I'm productive and I'm actually doing something, you know, where even if it's just having a conversation with someone, at least the when you edit it, write out the show notes and whatever, and you put it on social media, you f- I feel like I've achieved something. So then when I sit down and watch a movie, as well as my nine to five and my podcasting, which is my passion, my hobby, I feel like it enhances the time I get away from either of those things, even though one of them I choose to do, if you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I say, when I started it, we were in lockdown so there was nothing else going on and Mm. my wife was pregnant and we were you know we were we were being cautious because we didn't know what covid might do if one of us got it and how it would affect the baby and all this kind of stuff so we're spending a lot of time just in the house and she like when my older son had gone to bed my wife might be feeling tired she'd go to bed and then i've got a few hours there where what do i do do i just sit and watch a film on my own or you know and, and then this became the hobby that 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 took over from that point, but mm. then as the world opened up and I've got my other hobbies that were now allowed to go back and do, yeah, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu and martial arts, which is what I was doing twice a week. Wow, I've now got to try and fit that in around this. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you've got too many hobbies now. <laughs> yeah, because that what that I wasn't allowed to do that when I started this, but I didn't want to give this up. At the same yeah. time, I don't want to give that up. I'm just trying to balance the two as well as be dad husband and go to work every day
1: yeah exactly it's uh it it is a weird one there are times where i'm just like you know why did i agree not even to do the podcast but because i'm quite on it with the scheduling and it's it's, aside from like i normally have one maybe two holidays a year where i don't um explicitly release the podcast but because i've got patreon now i mean megan we just record like a 15 minute review of a movie basically every week um so it's just a fun thing a lot of my patrons love megan and hearing her. a lot of my a lot of people i talk to now when they hear her on a podcast some of my guests who i've become good friends with now half the time don't want to talk to me unless i'm with megan because they like her so much so i've got this patreon of the kind of joke is if you want to hear more of megan you gotta pay me for it that's how special she is but when i like go away i can just be like okay well these two really old patreon episodes were re-reviewed two movies you know like a year ago i can just clip them together with me just saying at the start it's a patreon thing i'm away so this is what you get instead of nothing it makes it a little bit easier rather than me either stressing i have to release it on this weekly basis and those sort of things and i've i'm going um november's probably the busiest month i think maybe of my entire life coming up i'm going to scotland twice and i live in southampton so it's a i could almost not be further from scotland um i'm going up there once for a wedding and then another time for a gig I've got four gigs in November because they all got rescheduled from COVID and they all culminated. Uh, three on the weekend, fortunately, but one's in the weekend in Bristol. So I've got have got two trips to Scotland, four gigs. I'm going to the cinema to see June and Eternals as well. And I've, I went to the cinema twice last week as well. And I've also got friends coming over who I haven't seen in a little while who are coming in in the days that I haven't got things planned Plus, I've got, obviously, we've got another podcast for you coming on my show. And I've got another three podcasts booked as well. I just looked at my calendar. I'm like, I, I genuinely have, in total, three days where I haven't got anything planned in the whole of November.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> And it's November
0: 1st as I'm recording this. I'm just like, oh my, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, November has come around fast as well. Yeah, I've, I've been through that where I've, I've, I've been trying to get, because I put mine out fortnightly. So I've been trying to get people booked in in advance, so I know that they're yeah. there and I can record. I give myself enough time to edit and release at the right time. But then sometimes, like I say, when they've dropped off a little bit, and then I thought to myself, does it matter if I release it three three weeks? If I do a monthly yeah. one, would it matter? Save yourself. You save myself the stress of trying to frantically put something together and put it in. And obviously, I have done one or two solo ones. Mm. Um, it's been a struggle sometimes. You go. You know, pick your subject and that kind of thing. And sometimes I'm, mm. I'm, I've sat and just recorded a load of nonsense and thought, <laughs> no one wants to hear that. I'm not going to put that out. <laughs> 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 and other times I've actually had something to talk about. But yeah, it's been, um, it's been interesting. I'm coming up for the, uh, in January, it'll be a year. Mm. So that's the anniversary of the podcast. That'll be interesting. I'll have to think, I've put a few ideas down for something we get a big guest or something like that, or maybe get my first guest back
1: on. Yeah. That's normally, that's what I did with my hundredth episode. I was, yeah. I was worried like it was getting, I was around the 80 mark. So I still had ages yet before uh, my hundredth episode, but I was fretting and I was talking to Megan about, it and I was like, should I have a massive podcast where I have like eight people on? But I was like, editing that is going to be a pain yeah, and no one's yeah. really going to get to say anything. Cause so I've done a couple of podcasts with a few people. I do this like a comic book club on, where my other podcast airs on comics in motion, there's lots of different shows. Each, like most days of the week, there's like a different show, either from one person or a group of people. There's loads of stuff on there. And I said, Well, why don't we do a comics in motion book club? And every two months, basically, uh, or every month or two, a bunch of us have read a comic book and we sit down and talk about it. And I did that. And that was with, and I did the first one of that. And that was with a couple people. And a few months before that, I, we we watched the justice league snyder cut i think i did that with like four or five other people and i volunteered to edit it all and although you can just kind of skip through it most of the time it's just if one thing misaligns it's just such a headache to try and sort that so i was like i was really fretting i was thinking i can't big it up to be a really big guest because if i could get a really big guest i would have had them on by now like i've had quite a few since but i was just that thing and i was like Eventually, I was just like, "Why don't I just get Reese back on?" <laughs> it's a good, like, nice loop. So I think if it it's quite good, like a year on, especially to see uh, with obviously with yourself being a year on in reference to you, I was, you know, two years ish on. I think, yeah, ish. Um, but like when you have that year later, it's quite cool for your listeners to hear the difference in a year. Yeah. And even me, when I've listened to a few of your episodes, even from the earlier ones to the more recent ones, you can hear your own confidence that has built up. And it's not that the older episodes were bad in any way, but it doesn't mean they couldn't have been somewhat improved in some ways because we can always improve stuff. But it's even like when I listen to my old episodes, I'm just like, ugh, (laughs) unless the early ones are like, why am I talking like that? Why am I saying that? Because it's so long after. So I think if you were planning on doing that as a um, year-long thing, it's probably quite a good idea. And I think your listeners would be quite receptive to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of ideas, um, but that's probably the more likely one at this stage. <laughs> uh, I, you know, you get these big ideas, don't you? And they don't always pay off. So, you know, sometimes just keep it simple and straightforward. <laughs>
1: yeah, sometimes that's the easiest way. You know, yeah.
0: I did that with my logo as well. Yeah. Um. One of the things, one of the episodes I was listening to of yours mm. was when you were you did a double episode with Chris from I Like to Like Things podcast. Mm, yes, and that's where they were talking about your dad, his dad, and his journey of fatherhood mm. um that was one of the episodes that stood out to me as where um conversation came about um and I thought it was a bit of an interesting take that you had on your dad um in certain situations and, and from when you were growing up so do you want to talk a little bit about dads
1: yeah 100% yeah I'm open to uh talk about it so on my show um I did quite early on um i think it was episode 30 ish um for a father's day special i did an episode with my brother and i spoke about it and I, i'm very open about this sort of thing so if you have any questions you want to ask at all when i'm waffling uh feel free um so yeah when i was so i'm 27 now uh, when i was 19 um just after i finished college and things my dad passed away from cancer um so he was ill for about 18 months so the tail end of my college experience um he got diagnosed with esophageal cancer and then yeah he got more and more ill they did chemo and radiotherapy and stuff he got a bit better and they got worse and obviously then uh, it was kind of the end and it was one of those things where when it happened it, it was very surreal and quite strange uh because it's one of those things where you don't necessarily think that you know when you when you watch movies and stuff and you see someone who gets really terminally ill and stuff yeah you, It doesn't seem necessarily real. So, when it happens to you, it's quite a weird thing. And when I kind of, when it happened to me after it happened, you know, it took me quite a while to digest it and and whatnot as well. But one of the things I took away from it, you know, it took a, a couple of years to really come to this. But the way I describe it is my dad dying was the worst thing that's ever happened to me, but it's the best thing that's ever happened to my character because from that experience and from what happened thereafter, I learned so much about myself and who i wanted to be and one of the things that i was what i really realized about it was you know i love my dad he was a great man in many respects but i frame this in the best possible way he was also a massive dick at times (laughs) and that's okay you know i mean it's one of those things that he was not a bad person by any stretch he just did a lot of things which now especially as an adult i'm just like why did you do why would you act in that way why and i've got that mentality which is you know, I, I, when I spoke the older episode with my brother, it we specifically didn't only talk about the good. Yeah. Because although, it, you know, it's very good to focus on the positive, I generally try and be a, a person who focuses on positive outlook a lot more. And I think because of dad passing away, you know, the way I kind of describe it is, you know, life is shit enough without you having to focus on all the negative things. Yeah. So it kind of, to get through things like that, it can be better to try when possible to look at the more positive things and so it changed my outlook on a lot of ideas and whatnot and with that though i had to look at my dad in certain lights. so i had to look at it like you know what things did he do that i really appreciate what things did he do that i really liked what kind of elements of him do i want to have in myself and also when i eventually have kids what do I want to be like to them? Like my dad was really considerate and generous. Like he would read, um, he had no interest in video games ever, but he would read reviews of video games in the newspaper to find out what games were popular in the genres I liked, which was mainly sci-fi. And then if I did really well on exams or if it was my birthday or something, he would buy me a game that I'd never heard of because it'd been well reviewed because he would look into that sort of thing. And that kind of quality is, is such a nice thing that he didn't have to do. And so that was like a real positive, but you know, a real negative was he's incredibly argumentative. He would never, he would admit he was wrong. And I've said this several times on um, my show, but the only time my dad ever apologized to me is when he told me he had cancer, which is the only time in my entire life. I don't want him to apologize. All the times he's been a massive dick to me and been rude and unreasonable and stuff and just never apologizes. And it's like that, Is something I would have really wanted and needed. And what I realized after he passed away about the fact that he never apologized, it was something that I felt like I realized that I was quite resistant to apologizing and I wouldn't like admitting I was wrong. And so it took a while for me to really look in myself and go, okay, if I genuinely think I'm wrong or if I've really hurt someone, or if I, you know, in those sort of scenarios where there's times where you'll deny you're wrong, even though you know you are. And one has to try and push through that because the way i i think me and chris spoke about it was you know when my dad knew he was in the wrong rather than saying i'm sorry i was wrong you're right i'll look into that he would just buy you something right. and he would never admit he was wrong he would just buy you stuff it's like, i don't want this pointless tacky thing or whether or not it was a cool present or not i don't want the thing i want you to acknowledge and respect me enough to say to me i was wrong you know i concede here and I think that was quite a big thing uh, for, that came from his passing that really hit me and made me think, you know, I want that to be something I go for in my life. And it's since coming to that realization, my relationships with not only, not only, you know, like romantic relationships, but also relationships with my friends and things, yeah. sometimes just saying sorry and fully apologizing in a genuine way is something that I think is quite undervalued, especially from the male perspective in a lot of people. And especially some of the older generations still have that thing, and I know people my age who just can't seem to admit they're wrong, even though you can see it in them that they're wrong. And so that that was quite a big element of uh, one of the things I kind of took from something, which is obviously, obviously it's very sad, yeah. but it, it's you know try and look at the positives if someone leaves your life and something like that. You know, try and whether or not you believe in you know, any religions or anything like that, there are still a lot of benefits and things one can take from the passing of a loved one i find
0: yeah i could definitely see the the stubbornness and not accepting that you were you were wrong i can see that in myself i can see that from my relationship with my dad um he probably has apologized at certain points but i couldn't tell you now if he had or not um can't picture it um and but i can see that i can see that as you're talking I, i'm thinking of certain scenarios that might have happened between me and my dad over the years. And I can see little glimpses of that sometimes that might creep into me and my old, all this. Um, mm-hmm. that stubbornness and that, you know, when life's busy and you're rushing around to get on the school run or something and they're just not doing what you've asked them to do 10 times and you just snap and say, why well, can't you just do it? And you know he probably doesn't want to do it. He's not interested in doing it. Can't remember. I've said it 10 times. And sometimes you might just need to stop and slow down and show him what he should be doing rather than just expecting to do it. And he's still Mm. only young. He's only five, but um, I can definitely picture some of that. Um, And and me and my wife, have got a thing of me not saying, sorry, (laughs) 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 not a great thing, is it? But, um, but at the same time, we're both stubborn. So if, if, we butt heads, we can both be as bad as each other and not not back down and not admit we were probably both wrong at certain points. Um, yeah. But that's one of them things that you, you look at and you take on. And I think when you have kids and if you have kids, then you definitely look at all the good things that your parents did. Mm. And you think, well, I'm definitely going to use all of that. Yeah. But there are certain things you think, well, actually, I might do that part a bit different or mm. modern times modern day you've moved on life moves on quickly technology and all that kind of thing plays a part in kids lives now massively whereas it did did for us with similar age i'm 30 um but it wasn't as bad Certainly, yeah it was like uh,
1: secondary school college ish so it was kind of yeah. most of our childhood had gone but as we yeah. kind of went into the adolescent phase that's when it came into it a bit more
0: yeah which is pro- that's probably the time when you could get in trouble with it the most yeah um, that was the problem <laughs> yeah but at the same time you've just about got enough smarts about you to you know, be a bit tech savvy if that makes sense yeah outmaneuver. maneuver <laughs> well, it's,
1: it's learning stuff isn't it it's i think what chris said on on my show is he was like the kind of the end goal of being a parent is trying to make sure that your kids are better than you were yeah. And it's it's one of those things where like I've got um I've got brothers, I've got um three brothers, one of which is by law, and the other two are by blood. Yeah. And the two that are by blood are my dad's sons, but not my mum's, because my dad remarried after being with my brother's uh mum. So they're like one of my brothers is 17 years older than me, and the other one oh. is like 20 years older than me. So it's a big jump. Yeah. But I've been around my nieces and nephews. And it's even like one of my nieces is very, very similar to the way I am, and especially the way I was, which was (laughs) very intelligent, probably a bit above the classmates in the sense. But because of that increment amount of intelligence higher and being a bit more emotionally intelligent in a certain way, the problem is is that that can actually be a hindrance in some ways because either your fellow classmates aren't quite up to the same part that you're at, or with me, it was that I thought because I was one step. One small step ahead, I felt like I was, you know, 20 staircases above them. So I used to think I was so intelligent and so smart and so above everyone else. And then I would just be a bit of a dick to people. (laughs) And then that would, you know, and and that's one of those things where it's like, although that can happen, I even see with, with my niece, there's certain elements of her which are a little bit, in a sense, like that. She is so much more intelligent than I probably am now. And one example I like to give, and this is one thing that, I've, I've thought about when i eventually uh want to have kids is like she i always think about this when she was like four or maybe it was when she was three or something she drew a rainbow but then also drew the sun and a rain cloud because said you can't have rainbows without both and i was like i think today if i drew a rainbow i wouldn't think of that no no definitely. i
2: would
1: just be like it's a rainbow isn't it and she was oh, yeah. no, you kind of and i was like it's like you're literally still in primary school and you've thought that through and i just think when i eventually have kids and stuff like you want them to be better than you so with parents and stuff it's it's kind of the reverse where it's like you want to learn from your parents you want to try and be better from them and i think that when you go back in recent history obviously especially in england where you've got you know world war one world war two you know world war one now not so much but world war two is still in the last hundred years which if you think a generation let's just argue is when people hit 25 ish but that's only four generations ago so obviously there's still people who alive who are living in world war two and like my granddad on my mum's side i think was in world war ii I, mean, I hate that man but beside the point is just you get these people who were living through some absolutely horrendous times and had to go for especially in england when we had not just the blitz and all that sort of stuff but also rationing and the aftermath of things that like my dad was born four years after world war ii ended so he was still in a post-war britain and his family were very poor and things and because of that he was quite he was very generous of money in certain ways but not in others like he would buy, like my, he bought my brother like um, like a whole sofa set for Christmas, which costs like, I think it's like one and a half grand or something. But like, if my brother would ask to borrow like a tenner while they were out, my dad would be really funny about it. And you're just like, this is make this makes no uh, sense yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. But because of how he grew up and because he was so poor when he was younger and he was a self-made man and things, it kind of, I, I think of it like, although there's a lot of parents who do a lot of wrong and I'm not trying to be an apologist for people who do horrendous things to their kids but i mean like you know when there's certain parents who are a bit uh, frugal with their money i think the term is or when people are just a bit they get angry don't express their emotions very well i try and think like where they came from and when they grew up yeah. certain things weren't accepted and although i think they should be trying to make that effort to try and adjust to modern day in a bit more i do have that kind of thing where some at some part it is kind of that's I don't want to say you can't change them because then you, people just don't try. And obviously there are certain habits that especially the older generation have that we want to, you know, put a fire on a uh, uh, dampen them down, you know, especially when you yeah. get some of the bigoted language and stuff like that. But yeah. you do just try and want to be better than your parents. And by proxy, you just want your kids to be better than you. And I think I haven't experienced this, but even friends of mine who've got kids, they're always like, you know, they feel like their kid is already better than them. And they're just so proud And once their kid gets to a certain age, they're like, I can't wait for my kid to be better than me because I'm so useless at this, that, and the other. I've got a mate of mine who's really lazy. And he's like, you know, my kid's already way more outgoing and stuff. And this is a trait of mine I don't like, but somehow I've birthed this human who has not got these horrible traits. And I just want to push that up and show it to the world in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. You just want to encourage all of them things that, that you would have wanted as as a kid or that um, your parents maybe missed or that you wanted them to do or for whatever reason they just didn't have the money or the means or whatever it is that, you know. But um, at the same time, you, you can almost repeat the patterns as well. Mm. So you can sort of fall into, you know, just silly things, conversations or – when you're telling your child off and you're trying to discipline them and, and you, you say something and you think, ah oh, I, I was told that when I was a kid and it never worked. Yeah. I didn't listen or whatever, whatever the response was. And you think, well, why is it going to work now? Maybe I should think of something <laughs> else. Maybe I should try a different <laughs> tactic. Um But I think, as you say, we've maybe dealing with the older generation. So like, our parents or our gra- grandparents, they might not have had that thought to think of a different tactic. They might not have had another tactic. That was it. That's all they knew. That's what their mm-hmm. parents did to them and their parents did to them as well. And that that was it. Whereas now, techn- technological age, you've got access to everything. Um, but mm-hmm. at the same time, we're all a bit more open about talking and sharing our experiences and learning from each other. So I think there's a, obviously a massive population of parents that like you say want to just make the kids be better than what they were they want to do it in the right way they want to look after them but not so much cotton wool and make them ready for the world but also don't let them out the door because it's a scary world and battling all these things at the same time you know yeah keep, keep them in and let them play on the playstation because at least they know where they are mm-hmm. but Monitor their use online because they don't know who they're speaking to or gaming with. you know mm-hmm. it's that conflict and balance all the time, and that's the same thing about am I doing the right thing parenting am i am I doing this right? am I doing it wrong? Should I have said that? Should I have said something else next time will I do it differently? You know yeah. all these kind of things you think about, and you you think about it t- ten times more with you first, I think because mm-hmm. you just want to get it right and you just you know unless. Well, not even unless, because my wife had worked in childcare and we had quite clear ideas of how we were going to bring our kids up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't always stick to it that rigidly. It doesn't always work because everybody's got an opinion of, you know, and everyone's an expert of their own kids. So yeah. until you have your own, it you don't really know what how you're going to do it. There's obviously all the basics, but um, you can change and mix as you go. And then when your second arrives or... you I can only speak from personal experience when you are secondary, you are much more relaxed you've done mm. it before you've seen it before it's not to worry about we'll just move you just go along with it and they'll just they'll just breeze through as well and they'll just come out <laughs> the other side and they'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's a very intriguing thing i've thought about
1: with like parenthood and stuff because like before before my dad passed away i was kind of like i was like meh i maybe i kind of want to have kids maybe i'm not sure and then once he passed i was like no i definitely do now it was like a switch almost went on and i know that happens to a lot of people anyway when you kind of get into your 20s and yeah. nearer the 30s and stuff especially but you know i, I was thinking i was thinking about it like how and what when I was being self reflective in some ways and trying to look introspectively and look at why I'm the way I am with this thing and why I'm the way with that thing and thinking of what bad habits my dad put into me and my you know my mum my mum's still about and she's lovely but there are some bad habits they both do and I just thought really with being a parent and you I think you and Rob um in that episode I referred to I think 16 you kind of mentioned about how you know um I can't specifically what the wording I was going to use was, but it's almost like you have to think of what ways do you want kind of to mess up your child? If you know what I mean? Like, you've got to think, I don't want to do this thing. I don't do that thing, but my kid will not come out perfect. It's just impossible. So you just kind of think, how do I raise them in the best way that I can without, as you say, you have to get the balance because, you know, how to make the mayor safe so they never get hurt is to keep them in their room all the time and never interact with the outside world, you know? But if you do that, then they can become uh, socially inept in a lot of ways. So, okay, so I want to make them socialize all the time. It's like, but then if you do that, then they can become too much of a social butterfly and they can become too codependent on socializing and things. And there's loads of these weird little caveats I've thought about, which is just like, Being a parent is just, as you and Rob kind of said, is preparing your kid as best as possible to uh, be prepared for the world. First few years, it's keeping them alive. Then it's kind of teaching them values somewhat. And then when they become more adolescent and stuff, it's more so trying to instill respect and show lessons of, you know, get them ready for the world without you, in a sense. And there's kind of the stages of that. And it's kind of like, yeah, how do you do that without trying to mess them up? But knowing... You are gonna mess up somehow, and trying to think about what ways is a good way to make the mess up. Made my kids a bit too anal about cleaning. That's probably better than them being a complete psychopath. So it's like <laughs> it's like a strange balancing act that I've contemplated in my few years <laughs> on this planet. It's a it's a strange juggling act
0: that it's, yeah. it's very intriguing. It's in, in my group of friends. We there was two or three of us that had kids around the same time, like within the same year. Mm. So we were like the first ones who were experiencing it as the first ones and trying to bounce off each other in terms of what it was like in the baby days. It's just no sleep, sick and nappies, you know. It's, just, <laughs> it's about all, like, all you get and crying, uh, which you might hear at certain points during this episode, depending on my editing skills. Because he's, I think he's teething at the minute, and he's, you know, he goes through his spells where he's just not happy. <laughs> so, yeah, we would do that, but then now we're we, we've had our second, and mm. we've moved on a little bit. We're five years down the road, and some of our other friends are just having their first mm. in the past year or so, and we're the ones that are kind of looking back and sort of saying, <laughs> "We've done all that. We've been there." Um, do you believe us now when we told you how much of a nightmare it is? and they're just like yeah but then also when they do that little thing or they smile at you for the first time or they you know try talking and babbling your name for the first time all those magical moments as well are the little bits that make it all worthwhile Mm. so it's not all the screaming and the misery part when you can't sleep (laughs) and you know that's just Some people might not call it that; they might not say it like that, and they might listen and think, "Oh, that's a bit harsh talking about your kids as a misery." But when you're in the middle of it, it's just call it for what it is and say what it is. Mm. But it doesn't mean to say that that has a negative long term effect of how you picture your kids. It's it's just what it is. If you have a crap night because your baby's teething and nobody sleeps, you're gonna feel pretty miserable the next day. Yeah. But that only lasts for, well, a few weeks, maybe a month or two. One <laughs> hopefully, hopes. <laughs> hopefully. <clears throat> but you soon move on and forget about it. It's, it's, well, some people, I think women forget about it more quickly because they generally, and it's a bit of a generalization, but they generally want to have more children sooner hmm. than the male part of the relationship. So like, we've just had our second and he's only six months old, but my wife's still talking about possibly trying for a third because she wants that girl. And I'm just like, I've done it twice. And this is a stark reminder of what it was like the first time. And I'm pretty happy how we are now. Let's just stay as we are. (laughs) (laughs) But they've been through that traumatic experience as we did, obviously at home as well, having a home birth with no medical professional apart from somebody on the end of the phone. And still six months later that she's sort of saying, well, we might try and have another. And I'm like, let's not bother. <laughs> let's just be happy and get on with our lives. <laughs> it's it's uh, one of those
1: strange things, isn't it? It's it's like um the the from what I've heard from especially my brothers and some of my other friends who've got kids and things, is they kind of say, you know, well, well i'll say i'll say my mantra of life which is life is all about the moment you know yeah. or when you're in your deathbed you're not going to think about the time where you're at the theme park waiting in the queue for two hours you're going to think about the 30 seconds you're on the ride yeah and it's just like with any hobby be it you know jujitsu um or be it something like playing guitar or yeah. even podcasting there's going to be a high portion of the time where either you're doing something that's boring like guitars it's an instrument it's normally learning the basics and stuff with things like jujitsu it's you know Basically getting your ass handed to you, you know, when you're sparring with someone and things and getting tapped and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Or if you maybe have an injury or things like that, or just once again practicing the basics. And with podcasting, it can be either the editing or trying to get a guest on. Those little moments that kind of that suck basically. They they provide like a foundation for making those moments that are highs better. Yeah. And from what I've understand about people with their kids, it's like, yeah. When they're a baby and they're screaming and crying, it does suck. It's awful. But as you say, you know, when they do that first laugh, when they're just with you and you make a silly face and they giggle, that feeling you get just washes everything else out. And when they become older and they start like, like with me, with kids, because obviously I've got, you know, my brothers and things who've had kids of varying ages and whatnot. And it's like my favorite age for a kid before they get to like 10-ish, you know, is normally when they're just old enough to walk, and talk a little bit so yeah. they understand conversation they can communicate but not so much they can talk back so it's <laughs> yeah. like one of those things where you can ask them questions and they'll respond and you know vaguely what they're talking about and they can say the few phrases and words and they've got their own little personality but not so much that they're back chatting you and being sassy it's yeah. like a little a little thing whenever my nieces and nephews were that sort of age about two years old as long as they're not in the terrible twos if they're in that nice little kind of curiosity phase where everything is exciting
2: yeah. like
1: I'm so excited like me and Megan have spoken about we are going to have kids at some point but we're currently living in a flat, we're saving up for a house next year and then we're aiming And depends if, if there's a happy little accident that happens, that's fine, but if things in go to plan, then it's going to have a couple years of either doing the house up and kind of travelling, I want to go to America for a bit as well and do lots of little things here where we can, then when we settle down like we're both quite excited to have children we talk about it a fair amount but it's one of those things where it's like i'm well aware of the the first few years because a couple of my mates are going for it right now where they've got a kid who is i think six months old or thereabouts yeah and it's like you know that they've that you see them sometimes and they look like they haven't slept in days and they look quite bad in a lot of ways and you're right i am so tired i haven't slept in ages he's been an absolute nightmare but I wouldn't change it for a world because after all this nightmare, when he woke up, he was such a happy boy for like yeah. an hour and yeah. it was just the best thing in the world. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> in some can, ways, <laughs> I'm still happy with happy with the freedom at the moment. Yeah. You know, I just need to finish off. Ideally my sleeve of tattoos. Once, once that's it, that's going to be the phone nail on the coffin. Then I won't have to <laughs> I can't.
0: Nothing else to waste my money on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was it. I mean, it was always our conversations were always around well, we're not ready yet because we've just moved house or we bought our first house. Mm. Let's get settled in. Let's do the work we wanted to do. Let's go on that holiday to wherever we were going to go, you know, while we still can. And it was always most likely me putting the putting the conversation off by saying we're not ready yet. Yeah. Let's, let's do these things because once we have a kid, it's going to be that much more difficult, more expensive, blah, blah, blah. And that kind of conversation went on for a year or two, and we ended up getting two dogs in that period of time. To kind we of get a dog up. next year because to of you, Megan. <laughs> to, okay, let's put that put it off a bit. I'll get you a dog, and uh, it works for a little bit of time, but it doesn't last. <laughs> no,
1: I know. I'm, I'm I'm expecting now. I'm thinking I've probably got maybe a year two if
0: I'm lucky. After that, we get that dog, and then, <laughs> and then yeah. after that, it's going to be the next questions. <laughs> yeah, well, we ended up with the two dogs, and I was like, I can't have three dogs, so let's just have the kid now. And now I've got two kids and now I don't want three kids. So what we're going to do, we'll probably get another dog. I don't know. <laughs> we'll move on to some other pets. I'm not sure yet. But um yeah, it was always that thing of, well, we're not ready yet. We're doing this or we're doing that. And I remember speaking to people at the time who I was working with in my old job, who was a few years older than me and had kids that were a bit older and things like that. And she was like saying, you're never going to be. Ready. There's always going to be Mm. something. By the time you finish doing your house, you might want a new car, or by the you you know change your job or something like that is going to come up, and you're never going to feel ready. Mm. You have to get to the point where you just do it because then when when they're there, your life carries on anyway. They just move along with you. It's not as if you have to stop any kind of you know stop that half of your life and wait till your child moves out before you can go back. You can do a bit of both. Um, yeah, but I mean, like we're talking on one of the episodes um, a little bit more recently with uh, one of our friends from America. We went to stay with them um, for our honeymoon uh, a couple of years ago, and my eldest would have been around two or three. So mm. he was at that stage where he could walk, he could talk, he could be part of a conversation. But you could all you could you could also just scoop him up and take him with you. Like yeah. for all the travel on the planes and things like that and I think I said to him on the episode it was like the perfect uh, probably looking back at it now probably the perfect time to do it mm. because we we did have that option where we could just scoop him up or put put him in the pram when we were out we went to New York and he was dead busy and we just spent most of the time in the pram mm. and not because we're like, we just strapped him in and walked him around because we wanted to do our thing but it was for safety, and he didn't want to get out and walk because it was too busy, and he was a bit overwhelmed. Yeah, of course. So I would we used be. <laughs> the, yeah, so we used the pram a lot. But then when we went to stay with them in Iowa, it was all farm country, and he could run around and just enjoy it. And it, we had a, a great time for the like the last part of the holiday. And uh, they've they've had their first child. Well, last year, so he's about just over a year old now. And I was talk, we were talking on the episode about what the differences of you know, experiencing sort of other people's kids and being the uncle and the fun, the fun side of things. And now you've got to do it yourself and all this kind of stuff. And they're, they're planning to come over for another friend's wedding next year. And uh, they've said, they're not going to bring the the son because uh, he he just won't be old enough yet. And he said that he's got a rule of, you know, when he can wipe his own ass is when he can travel with us, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) which I thought was a great little rule. Um, i'm now thinking about us having two and having to travel anywhere is an adjustment once again to uh, to get anywhere and do anything
2: yeah i think
1: humans are above anything else are adaptive that's one of the things that you know so i'm a massive nerd so even when you compare it to things that you know lord of the rings or dungeons and dragons or anything like that the sort of fantasy stuff you've got oh the elves live forever and these people are really magical what do humans do they adapt that's yeah. our superpower yeah. and i think it's one of those things where from my brothers and well, from my family and stuff you know a lot of them do say that sort of thing where they go you know obviously when you want to have kids you know don't rush it but also don't wait too long because then it can be too late and then you'll regret it. Mm -hmm. And if you have them a bit too early, it's better than a bit too late because, you know, it doesn't, as as you said, you know, it doesn't stop your life. It just changes the dynamic somewhat. You can still do a lot of the things you wanted to do. You just have to make adjustments and make compromises and whatnot. And like I said with Megan, I said, you know, if, if you got pregnant now, um, you know, it wouldn't be ideal. But we would, we would still have it in things because we're at that point in our relationship and we're financially stable enough where we would be able to deal with it. It's not, it wouldn't be a problem in that sense. And I've kind of said, you know, we're not married or anything, but we've, we've had that discussion as well. And I've said to her, like, once we've got the house, once we've got that, anything else is basically free game. I'm not really that fussed about anything else because it's the pure, the only reason is just because it's such a big financial burden. And we're both putting away like hundreds and hundreds of pounds yeah. every month just to save, to be able to get on the housing market and things. And we're looking, as I said, next year. But I said, you know, once we've got the house, once we're settled in there, then we'll get a dog. Then we'll think about, you know, then I'll at some point propose. And then we'll, you know, if, especially if anything happened then happy or no accident 100 okay i'm not overly fussed it's more of that thing of like if we've got a house you know we've still got you know we, we've said kind of 30 is the age primarily for a woman's biological clock which is that kind of time where yeah. in the most obviously women can have babies for you know a decade or so after that depending on the woman slightly more um but generally speaking at that sort of age it's like if you are going to, that's probably where you should start thinking about it a lot more seriously. So where we're both basically the same age, we have had that kind of discussion where when we, when it was early on in the relationship, especially, it was like, nope, can't have a kid. Nope, absolutely not. We haven't got any money. We haven't got this. And now it's just like, yeah, I'd I'd be all right. It's not air quotes, the perfect plan. Yeah. But you know, it's I I imagine that if I live my life by the perfect plan that I've always vaguely had. So many times the plan changes, you know, there's been scenarios whether either with jobs or with friends or anything else where you think, oh, this is going to be a forever thing, or even relationships, and it's just not.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's like, that that's okay. You know, it doesn't, life won't adhere to your plan. You just sometimes have to kind of go with it. And I think that's one thing which I've kind of learned. And the good thing is with my mum is that because she, both my mum and Megan's mum had us um, both when they were 34 and 35, so our parents are slightly older in that yeah. regard. So they've never been putting that pressure on saying, when are you going to have grandkids? When are you going to, you know, well, when are we going to have grandkids? That sort of thing. Whereas I know that certain friends of mine have had their parents basically breathing down their necks since they were 19, being like, when are you going to have a kid? It's like, I'm not even in a relationship. Yeah, but when are you going to have one? It's, a, it's one of those things where,
2: yeah.
1: fortunately in that regard, my mum's always been very chill about that. She's always been, because she was in that boat. She's been in relationships before she was with my dad. And she was like, it didn't feel right. It wasn't certain, you know, but when I was with your dad, I knew. And fun fact about my dad: after my brothers, he had a vasectomy, and then he had a reverse vasectomy to have me. So wow. it was like yeah. couldn't be less of an accident.
0: Yeah, we've we've talked to you know a couple of my friends. We've talked about the vasectomy uh, situation. One of them said he's definitely going to have it done. Um, mm. He's got two kids, and now he says, "Yeah, I'm definitely." I'm, I'd, I'd say i'll have it done but i think actually having it done i don't know
1: <laughs> i'm scared of it as well <laughs> yeah i'm not <laughs>
0: sure i'm not sure and then was like my wife had joked and said well what if you wanted to have it reversed and i was like i would never have it reversed <laughs> i wouldn't need to but i just you know it's just one of those things that comes up and i'm like i don't know if i actually would but like the funny that you mentioned like your mum's age and my dad's 10 years older than my mum. My dad was as well. Yeah. So, but so my mum was, um, well, she would have been 20, 21. So she was quite young. Mm. Whereas my dad was like 30, 31. Mm. So I always thought now, my, my wife's like three years older than me. So she was getting up towards that age where, like you say, they start to think a lot about family and children and all this kind of stuff. And she worked with kids, she saw it all, and you know, it just had that accelerating factor of it. And I was always like, well, there's no rush. You know, Mm. we'll get there eventually. Um, And I I think I was 25. And I always thought like, well, what if there's some kind of biological thing that, But my dad was 30. So maybe when I'm 30, I might think, oh, it's time to have the kid. You know what I mean? Because there was always that little bit of reluctance up until that point. But I was like, Mm. I can't really get away with it for any longer.
2: yeah yeah and of course
0: put the conversation off for longer and longer and longer because it was like just was never going to work that way but I always thought however, there was something in that um mm. and I don't know if I'll ever find out I don't know if I'm going to ask but um, <laughs> <laughs> there was there was um I went, I went to a um an online conference uh let's talk mm. uh let's talk dad's conference. And, some people from all around the country uh, doing great work around dads and fatherhood and even, you know, campaigning for for law changes of um, parental leave and all that kind of stuff, mm. uh, paternity leave and things. And uh, some really good talks that were on the, during the day. And um, there was uh, um, Dr. Anna Machen was was on um, discussing uh, the, the biology behind um human fathers and, mm. and how we are wired now uh, we have that biological want and need to stay involved mm. uh with with our offspring whereas a lot of other um animals don't don't have that mammals even don't don't have that and I might be butchering this this is just from the memory. <laughs> Paraphrasing. <laughs> I was trying to get her on um, the podcast at some point, just to, just to have the conversation because it's fascinating. Because you know, I think about. Um, I've even had conversations with you know over a drink at some point. Stupid when you start getting philosophical and putting the world to rights, and we've had conversations about like how in the animal kingdom, pet, that dads wouldn't stick about, would they? And Yeah, exactly. I've always, I've always had thoughts about when you read these stories about these these guys that have got ten kids with however many different women and all this kind of stuff. i always thought maybe that's like maybe that's how they back in the day when mm. we were cavemen. That's how it would have been. And yeah, the the one that sticks with the the one family was always the 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 one off type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, even though that makes more sense in the modern world, yeah, and I'd always kind of like had a little conversation with myself about that. Um, but it was interesting to hear that said, as we are biologically, uh, you, you know, we 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 stick around for for our kids um, being the dads, yeah. and uh, we we we're, we're one of the few uh, of all the animals and mammals that do. So um, I did think that was an interesting point that uh, I would like, at some point, for the right person to come on and tell the people a bit in a bit of a better way than I just did. <laughs> about well, This, <laughs> this could be the snippet. This is the prequel to it. This is the. Yeah. If
1: people like this, then get onto that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I I I think it is definitely onto something there as well because I, I, I think from what I've heard from the small amount I remember from certain evolutionary biologists and things, where it's kind of that idea where, you know, in, in the animal kingdom, a lot of the time your the number one focus of a being is to get their genes spread. That's basically it. So for back in, when we are the Homo erectus or I know that I think Homo erectus and Neanderthal kind of uh, mated to some degree and the Neanderthal kind of got wiped out and then everyone kind of became Homo sapiens in some ways, but the kind of idea where, there's one element which is hunter gatherer stuff, which is the ideas that a lot of, there was like community where no one was necessarily in a couple where everyone just kind of did it with whoever and you all raised everyone together, Yeah, yeah. which I think probably helped that element of people sticking around. And maybe that kind of grew over the hundreds of thousands of years. But then if you go back further than that, it was kind of like, you know, just, you know, a man can mate with, let's be generous, five women a day. And, but, you know in theory have five kids a day ish yeah, yeah whereas a woman can only have in theory the one yeah. so it's that thing of where you know with a woman wants the man to be around this is yes i want to clarify i'm not trying to <laughs> change gender norms or anything like that i'm just saying no, with yeah. like uh back a while ago it was you know when woman gets pregnant her chance of survival increases if the man sticks around yeah. so i think it became a thing of less so the animal kingdom where it's i think especially shorter pregnancies it's slightly different as well because when you get animals that are only pregnant for like a couple weeks you only have to survive for a couple weeks and if whether or not there's a man around or anyone to protect you if you can get through that you'll have the babies whereas with humans where we have like nine months that's quite a long period of time and humans especially as we've evolved with our with our brains have evolved our bodies are quite weak and frail especially compared to you know, anything that's the same size or bigger than us in the animal kingdom yeah. you know if you fight a chimpanzee you're gonna lose they are just all muscle they'll rip you to shreds <laughs> yeah and it's like with with them in a sense they do live in like hierarchical communities and things but with if you take away that sort of element of the the community and the science of it you know it's either you go away and you spread your seed far and wide to as many mates as possible and to try and spread your dna it's kind of the uh quantity over quality element or You can mate with one person, um, maybe have several uh, kids with them. And if you stick around, their chance of survival is a lot higher. And so it's that kind of thing where certain animals have gone one way. Like, you know, we've got a pet tortoise. You know, I love tortoises and I love turtles, but they are brutal. They do not care about their young at all because they're reptilian. (laughs) And most reptiles just do not care. And you go to like fish, like fish don't care at all. Contrary to what Finding Nemo says, you know, they lay their eggs, they let them go and they leave and that's it. And they just hope... Best luck, son. Hope yeah. you're for the best if you come out at all. Yeah. So I, I think it is that kind of where the human brain, because the, the theory is, you know, we have got the, the reptilian brain, then the mammalian brain, and then the human brain, kind of the yeah. layers of complex social hierarchies and things. I think as in my vague theory of how little I know about these things is potentially we were a bit more of the quantity sort of over quality. And then where the hunter-gatherer sort of came about and we were more tribe-esque, that made it more community-based. And I think that element of we're here for everyone, kind of, kind of uh, condensed a bit more to be like, okay, well, I'm here for for me, and in a way, that kind of element is quite closely linked to the older way of thinking, which is save my DNA, yeah. because it's specifically about your own offspring that you are protecting right here. So yeah. I think there is definitely a lot of evolutionary uh, weight to that element of things. It does make a lot of sense, but as you say, there are certain people who maybe that part of their brain is if I'm being very rude about it, not as evolved as the rest of us being like, I'm going to have a kid and leave and I don't care about raising them and do that for several people. It's that kind of old brain way of thinking, the kind of either reptilian or mammalian brain way of controlling as opposed to the more human way, maybe. <laughs> I'm not a scientist to clarify to any listeners.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's usually where we, uh, we, we end things. So yeah, tell everybody where they can find you and watch you, listen to you
1: the virtual the virtual goodbye handshake of the yeah. podcasting world yeah plug yourself say where people can find you um well i would say thank you so much again for having me on your show it's been absolutely delightful being able to you know put a face to the the voice i hear on your podcast um and being able to just chat it's been it's been really fun really easy going um so yeah my name is mike burton um i host two podcasts i host and this is a bit where my plug goes on forever uh, i host a genuine chit chat um so go subscribe to that because then you'll be ready for one and uh jamie's conversation in a a few weeks time or whatever soonish around this um and yeah i talk i've honest conversations with interesting people that's the tagline i've spoken to a wide variety of guests i've had an episode with someone from the church of satan on i think it was episode 52 i've had blind the blind australian filmmaker called goff he's been on my show a few times i've spoken to authors i've spoken to actors i've spoken to musical artists like professor elemental and Shadow and a bunch of others um so i've really had a, a quite a wide variety of guests other podcasters it's really anyone who wants to get into either other podcasts or music or books or really anything that you enjoy i've probably had at least one conversation about that sort of thing uh with people um so I also have my other show which is star wars comics in canon um if you like star wars then check it out because if you've never read a star wars comic in your life or if you've read every star wars comic ever and i'd be very surprised if you had uh then my show is great for you because i go through the plot details of comics so you don't need to have read them to tune in um i talk about the general plot details and then lots of the connections and things so If you read a comic and you see a certain character pop up and you go, I recognize them. Well, I'm the one who will tell you where they're from. I'll be like, yeah, that's Commander Viz. He's in Empire Strikes Back. You see him in the 8080 and the bit on Hoth. So if you want to expand your star wars knowledge if you want to hear breakdowns of comics you've already read or if you don't have any interest in reading comics and you want to know the general stories that are still canon and connected and stuff as well as certain character biographical information book reviews that sort of thing star wars comics in canon is where you can find that out and um, so you can find genuine jet chat anywhere you listen to podcasts so wherever you listen to this lovely one i just type in genuine chit chat and it will come up Star Wars comics and canon is on the feed of comics in motion but a really easy way to find it all is to either go over to my youtube which is a genuine chit chat on youtube i upload both my star wars stuff and also my uh, interview conversations and i've got videos on there as well there's one i did with a guy called michael mccormick who was a puppeteer for dark crystal which is a lot of fun and he showed me some of the puppets he used which is quite cool um but yeah if you find me on social media at genuine chit chat on instagram twitter and on facebook uh, then you'll be up to date with i do snippets of my conversations on there so you can have a little taster before you uh, download it and listen i do photos of the styles comics i put on there and then i often do photos of um, some of the films and stuff i'm watching as well so lots of easy ways to get into contact with me and no one else has stolen my name of genuine chit chat there's no other podcasts called that so if you find that it will be the true correct one and uh yeah i just want to say thank you again so much for having me on the show it's been so much fun talking to you perfect well i hope you have a good evening and stuff i hope your um, your children are doing well and uh, the babster isn't in too much pain from teething and um i hope you have a good week and i'll speak to
0: you next week sounds like they're asleep now which is a good thing <laughs> As, far as uh, i'll see you next week
2: <laughs> i'll speak to you in a bit dude in a thanks bit thanks a lot cheers Bye.